Hey you, welcome to Tea Talk, a space to share the therapy tea. I'm Shailene, your host, and I hope you'll join me each week as we sit down to share tips, stories, and conversations on getting better emotionally, recovering from trauma, and improving your overall quality of life. I want to remind everyone that even though podcasts can feel therapeutic, they are definitely not a replacement for therapy. Please, at any point, if you feel the need to take a break because the content is too heavy, please do that and take care of yourself. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor and leave me a review, share your reflections with me on Instagram and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. All right. So I'm ready. You're ready. And we're friends now. So go ahead and sit down, cozy up and let's get ready for today's episode. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, I'm here with my friend and a wonderful, I would say, inspiration and mentor, like not officially, but unofficially in a lot of ways, <laughs> Ernesto Segismundo. Let me read about all of your accomplishments here. And you left a couple out, so I'm going to fill them in. Ernesto is a licensed marriage and family therapist, an entrepreneurial coach, videographer, group practice owner. Ernesto received his undergraduate degree in psychology from Biola University and received his master's of science degree in clinical psychology from Vanguard University. He has over 18 years of clinical counseling experience working in various settings such as group homes, domestic violence shelters, churches, outpatient programs, and treats marriage and family therapy relationship problems. He also helps individuals suffering from depression, anxiety, and addiction. And along with his counseling experience, he's conducted various classes and seminars concerning relationships, mental health related topics such as parenting, substance abuse, maintaining healthy marriages, private practice, social media, video marketing, managed care practices. And let me tell you from like, we're recording today on a Monday. (laughs) I talked to him Friday and in that time, did you plan like an extended retreat in Italy? (laughs) Like Your brain is just constantly working and creating. And so if you are a clinical therapist and you don't know Ernesto, you're missing out and you need to be watching Uh, this guy's work because it's a big deal. So I just feel like that couldn't be captured in your very formal (laughs) bio. Like this guy's doing big things. It's a big deal. So welcome to the show and thanks for coming. I am so excited to be on and to have this conversation with you. Yeah. You know, sometimes my brain works like a hamster that is um, always going, but this hamster has a lot of ideas. For those of you who are ADHD, inattention, and hyperactivity type, that's my actual diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And I wear that like a badge of honor because I do believe that with the combination of entrepreneurship, it's a very powerful combination. And so, you know, when I think of ideas, I think of ideas from a perspective of is this going to feed my soul? Is this going to help other people to take whatever it is that they want to take, like a business or an idea, and then look at it and go, you know what? It can be done, Mm. right? That's basically how I view life these days is that someone like me, who's a creative entrepreneur and someone who is ADHD, (laughs) I have to keep creating. Well, not have to, but creation is something that keeps me inspired Mm -hmm. and keeps my depression at bay as well, too. We can talk a little bit further about that. I love that. So talking about ADHD, and it's interesting because I'm pretty confident that I have ADHD as well. 
And I've noticed more recently, it's been a great trend in our field that, I mean, like I think group practice owners and speakers and things like that with a bit of a platform are sharing, Mm -hmm. this is my diagnosis as well. And there's a lot of ADHD out there, but like in very successful people. And I love how you talk about it. You're harnessing that energy and you know, like if I don't find space to give that like ADHD part of myself room to play around, then the opposite side of that is becoming really depressed. That's right. And I know that you understand this from a creative perspective. You're also a creative individual. And I see it when I did your promotional video, you had an eye for it. You had the vision for it. And it was really easy to work with you and your team. And one of the things that I found for myself is, you know, I've been very, very intentional about what comes into my world, because for many folks who don't know about ADHD and the way that we work and the way that we view our world is that we are very susceptible to whatever comes our way. You know, if there is a very toxic energy from a person, we take that on. And sometimes we don't even know we are. Mm. We take on that burden. If we are working on something that does not give us freedom, that does not evoke creativity, innovation, we feel that as a burden. If we work in an environment that is very heavy and toxic, people who struggle with ADHD or has ADHD are more susceptible to carry the burden of the environment. And not very many people understand this. And the way that it results is anxiety and depression. For me, it's depression. Hmm. Anytime I find out or anytime I experience a low point of my life of depression, I always ask myself, who, what, is around me that is causing this toxic vibe. And I look at it from that perspective. For those of you who are existential in nature or experiential in nature, even those who have a somatic background training, you understand that there are some things that we are not aware of, but our bodies can pick it up. And you know for a fact uh, with you and your team You understand how the body really carries the energy, but we just have to identify it quickly and then address it quickly. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm thinking like over the past week, my hands have been hurting so much, like right here in my wrists. And it feels like when you're holding your iPhone for too long or you're like texting. And I was telling my assistant who's really awesome. And she does her own side work has a lot to do with body work and intuition and stuff. And I was messaging her this weekend and I said, listen, my hands are really hurting. I have to stay off my phone. And she said, can I offer up, you know, an intuitive reading around that? I said, sure. And she said, you know, you need to sit with your hands and ask yourself what your hands are trying to tell you that you need to give up. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's absolutely right. (laughs) Yep, exactly right. Sometimes my body and my mind and my spirit understands that. And not very many people know that, you know, when you follow me on social media, there's very much a hint of spiritual tone to my voice because soul work is such a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. And there are some things that I'm conscious about. There's some things that I'm not. And sometimes when around people, whoever I hire working in my space, or even if I'm doing some sort of a coaching with people, I always have to consider my energy. Sometimes there are some people who just give off a vibe that is very burdening and it is so heavy and I can't figure it out. And I used to ignore that. I used to. Mm. 
And I paid the price many, many times. So these days, I'm more about speaking up for myself and going, you know what, this is not working for me. And many folks would tell me, well, maybe that's your projection, maybe this and this and this and that. Like now it's you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know what, that may be true. But I rather not live with that for so long. You know what I mean? I can work with you on a professional level and work out my own issues, right? But if you're going to be in my circle, if you're going to be working for me in my group practice, or if I'm doing Mm -hmm. some sort of work with you, and that energy is heavy, I'd rather not work with that, especially, especially if I'm doing your promotional video, because a heavy energy, a toxic energy will seep out into the way that I edit your videos. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to behind the scenes, get some peeks. Oh my gosh. I am telling you, it was, it's so, you feel the energy. And sometimes when I get fired from people, I get excited because (laughs) like, you freed me. You've given me a gift. That, That is something that I love. You know, that's why these days I'm at a point where when somebody says, no, I can't work with you or we're not a good fit. I honor that. I absolutely honor that because that is a place where we don't have to work hard. You send something, I send something, let's just move on. You know, let's just go and move on. Yeah. I've had that with a few employees that I had in the past and, you know, we separate ways and it was fine. And, you know, every time that happens, something good happens, right? So one of the things that I understand now is that if you have toxicity in your life, toxic energy in your life, it takes up space. And that space should be given to opportunities that would enhance your spirituality, enhance your world, your creativity and your innovation, and just have fun in life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. That's how I view things these days. Yeah. This is what it sounds like. So you took a shift from, you would push through that. Like if you didn't get a good feeling, but somebody wanted to hire you or work with you, you would kind of just like, all right, that's my stuff. Let me put it to the side and just push through. What do you think attributed to the shift in where you're at now? You know, I do think what happened is if I understand your question correctly, it is all about the first time that I realized this was actually when my mom passed away suddenly. And I understood the power of how grief can do two things. It can stunt your growth and make you stagnant, make you mean, resentful of the world, and just be in the victimhood, right? Because it's such a powerful situation, such a powerful experience. But there's the other piece. And I keep telling people this, and I said this out loud when I did my keynote speaking in Texas in front of thousands of people. And I said, in my mom's death, I found life. And I remember saying that out loud. And I was so shocked that I said it, but it was true. And some people go, oh my God, whoa, what? What are you talking about? Like you found life in your mom's death? Yeah. For some weird reason, I did. The shift happened for me was because experiencing that, I told myself, I'm going to love and respect myself that I will protect my energy, protect the people around me who deserves to be protected by me and put all of these toxicity at bay. 
I do not hesitate in unfollowing and unfriending people on Facebook, turning off the news, walking away from a conversation, walking away from a relationship, and also ghosting people that I feel that is burdening. And I do it unapologetically. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I love that. You're like, and I ghost people. That's another strategy. I, you know, let's I embrace do. it. I know. For those of you who are listening and, and I, I have not returned your emails, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's not because of that. Okay. But sometimes, sometimes it is. If you know, you know. <laughs> Some of you may never hear from me again. <laughs> now you know why. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, this is the reason why, like when I do um, my small retreats, now my summits are different. Everyone is included in that. But when I do mini retreats, sometimes I don't even post it on Facebook. Yeah. You want to filter who's coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So the intimate retreats that Mm -hmm. I do, I do an interview style, like I interview them for, and I'm, I'm really not afraid to say, well, you know, you're not a good fit. And Mm -hmm. it may sound mean, but I'm hoping that the other person on the other end will receive that in a way that is honorable, right? But not all the time. Sure. It really does not happen all the time because, you know, we have egos, right? We have internal processes that we have to work out, but we have to come to a point where we are not responsible. We shouldn't be responsible or feel responsible for other people's reactions when we put our boundaries up. Yeah. So much easier to say than to do. And you've learned that because, you know, you were on the side of really just like taking anything that would come your way. What do you think it was about your mom's death that you say things like, you know, it was through the grief, through that process that you were like, I'm really going to save up my energy for people who fill that back up for me and reciprocate that. What do you think it was about her death that brought that up for you? You know, one of the things that my mom represented for me and made me feel, um, she made me feel extremely valued. For those of you who are privileged enough to have a nurturing mother, you can separate from them for so long and have this space and time of no communication, but still so connected. You know, my mom was one who unknowingly, gave me so much confidence. And some of the reasons why I think I'm very risky is because I knew that part of who she was and the way that she attached with me was, you know what, it was secure. It was when you do something, if you fall, it's not going to hurt. Just Mm -hmm. get back up. So unconsciously, I think that was the piece that she's given me. And Mm -hmm. so I view my world through people who are nurturing, who are uplifting people that kind of looks like my mom, my dad, my, my sisters, mm-hmm. you know, they were very uplifting, but at the same time, they gave me a foundation on what is a healthy relationship, what are healthy people and what is toxic relationships for me, I do a lot of self-reflection. I see my own counselor Mm -hmm. and he sees a different angle of my experience. So, you know, he gives me a lot of feedback on this. And I think my mom's death uh, or my mom's passing was a reminder that, look, not everybody deserves every part of you, Mm -hmm. right? Not everybody can handle every part of you. And it's definitely okay. And I think my mom really helped me realize that because for those of you who have experienced death in close proximity, 
it really is profound because there is an existential dilemma that you face, right? You kind of figure out what is worth living for, what is not worth living for. And mothers know this when they have their child, that experience where you're like, holy crap, this is a child Mm -hmm. that cannot be explained. And Mm -hmm. that I think you can put on the level of life and death and being around people. You said that one of the things that you realized was not everyone deserves every part of you. And I felt like, oh, (laughs) I felt that. In my bones, that was a big one to sit with. That's very good. Not everyone deserves every part of you and not everyone can handle every part of you and that it's okay. Yep, absolutely. And the thing is, this allows me to work with all types of people, right? I can work with people who does not resonate with my values. I can be professional and I can keep a very deep part of me aside. Mm-hmm. And that's my choice. However, if there's an individual that my whole being resonates, then they get every parts of me. It's okay to have parts of you be in relation with others. This whole idea of authenticity, well, you have to give all of yourself and to be authentic. I don't believe that. I mm. really don't believe that authenticity, you have to give up to everyone or give everyone every part of you. Like it's this all or nothing. Take all of me or take none of me. Yeah, yeah. It's extreme. No, because, you know, you can be friends with someone and be cordial with someone and just have parts of them, right? Mm -hmm. If you are for everyone, you are no one. True. So when people say, wow, you're very authentic. Yeah, I'm very authentic because I give parts of myself to people who deserve that part of me, right? And it may sound like, well, does this mean that I don't have every part of you? You kind of will know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the feeling. You'll get the feeling, right? But the thing is, I don't have to explain. I don't have to explain. I don't want to explain. And it's okay because it's exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. But I give myself to people who I feel like they know themselves. You know, I think Brene Brown said something really, really important in one of her shows. I think she said something like our connection with ourselves is somewhat the indicator for the deep connection that we have with other people. So if you don't have a deep connection yes. with yourself, you can't have a deep connection with other people. At least that's what I understand from her book, The Atlas of the Heart, I believe. I literally watched that episode this mm-hmm. morning. She was asking the audience, basically like, what's the value in creating meaningful connection with others? create meaningful connection with others. You have to create meaningful connection with yourself and the importance of really understanding what goes on inside you, because without that understanding, you can't name it. And without naming it, you run the risk of, I don't know if she used this metaphor, but to me, what I took out of it was like your emotions shift gears. So like, if you don't know in that moment that you're feeling resentful, then you might unknowingly shift gears into like anger or shame or something else. And then everything that comes out of that is kind of off target. And what I hear you talking about the idea of authenticity, I think it can almost get like oversimplified or watered down. Like people just think it means being yourself. And it's like, okay, but that's actually really complicated. And so the connection, and it sounds like a lot of work that you've done for yourself is coming from all of that, paying attention to what's going on within in order to really be picky 
in a very wise way about what's going to come out and interact with other people who either are or are not doing that same stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been in reflection a lot. And for those of you who gets my emails, I'm very self-reflective on my emails. Although I do tell you about my summits, my retreats and all of those things, but there are times when I just want to share things and the amount of emails I get back is just astounding. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote some on boundaries about toxic relationships, about internal processes. I'm very, very mindful about that. And I really do think that self-reflection is incredibly powerful in developing that connection with other people. I love being around people. And the retreats that I do, the summits that I do is not necessarily aimed at, hey, let's create this conference or this retreat. But I really want to be around people. I want to, for instance, next year, I'm going to Italy with a group of therapists. As of like three and a half days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I want to to go to Florence and look at a Michelangelo work or the David standing next to a colleague and just staring at this beautiful art. And Mm -hmm. we are all sharing that moment together. That's the kind of shit that I love to do. You know, I don't do wine, but I will be doing wine when I'm in touch. Hey, everybody. And so your emails, they are super personal and very validating. And there's like this little snip at the end that says, you know, Hey, here's what's going on with my summit. But like the email itself, I was reading it. And that subject line is negative energy is heavy. It is toxic and it takes up space. And you talk about how recent events basically told you, you need to cut off certain people, personal relationships, professional relationships that weren't in line with your value, your soul, your energy, your mission, and your overall vibe, how negative energy is heavy and it's toxic and it takes up so much space. And basically like, if I want to do these things, if I want to go to Italy and connect and create this space for people, I just don't have time for that. I don't have space for that. And I love the visual of space because, you know, you can think of it as if everyone only has so much space. We only have so much energy that goes out for the day. And if it's getting sucked up, even with just thinking about your emails, actually, I remember a time when I was first getting to know you on Facebook, this was all during the pandemic. And I remember somebody was like criticizing your email for grammar. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why? (laughs) Like the world is literally falling apart. And someone felt more than one person felt the need to respond to an email. It like shook me because at the time I'm not really doing much of this stuff. I've got my own group practice, but I haven't had an experience where another mental health professional, you are out there helping people in the world. Mm -hmm but felt it was okay to say, I thought about signing up for your training, but then I noticed you spelled this wrong. Well, then get the hell out of my training. Like (laughs) I was like really taken aback by that. Like, wow. And so I remember your response to it was like, yep, you don't belong here. And I think it was like a middle finger emoji or something (laughs) like that. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And so to see that, and I'm sure it didn't start or end with that, but I know in the past two years, you've really blown up a lot. Like I've kind of watched this happen for you where you're like Carmen San Diego world traveling. You're all over the place doing all of these really big things. And it's cool to see your stuff coming out now where you're spending so much time saying like, don't 
apologize for it, say no to it, be very protective over yourself and your energy and your space, because things are going to come into your life and they're going to want to rip that down and take that down. But really it's your responsibility and it's in your work, whether you go to therapy or whatever it is that you do for yourself to protect, to block, to unfriend, to turn off, to leave a room, a conversation, to ghost them if you need to. And I just think it's really cool to see that like shift happen, you know, and for you to be so, I think this is what people say when they're like, oh, he's so authentic. It's like, yeah, he is. But he's also saying things that people really need to pay attention to and hear because that's true. Yeah. And you know, the other day you texted me and you mentioned, you know, if I do a speaking engagement again for you, I want to do this. I thought Mm -hmm. that that title was phenomenal. And yes, I will be inviting you with future. (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know, you're you're already a speaker for me in Hawaii, but you're going to be a repeat. Like one of my life goals. I just want to put that out there. Like when I met Ernesto, when I first called you, I called you to set up the video. This guy's in Hawaii. Okay. Right before the world falls apart, right before it was February, 2020. And I filled out a form online. I'm like, Hey, I want this guy to come make a video for my practice. And he's like, yeah, why don't you call me at this time? I'll be on a break in my summit. I'll be on Hawaii time. And I'm like, what the fuck? How is That's this guy? Right. And I was like, okay, here's what I think about my video. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, by the way, how can I do what you're doing? And I want to be involved in exactly what you're doing. And it just took me a little bit of time to finagle my way in, but I finally got it. I remember that I was on a balcony at the Kauai resort talking to you overlooking the ocean. I bet you were (laughs) overlooking the ocean. Wow, that's right. And then we had to cancel that because the whole world world fell fell apart. apart. That's right. Yeah. Wow, good memory. That It just brought back a lot of... But I think that's like a real testament too. And there have been a couple people who you're good friends with, who I became good friends with. The pandemic was a weird thing that you know, we had to get really disconnected, but some of us also found a lot of connection in that. And there are other speakers that you have, Katie May, Patrick, who are all going to be on this podcast, or you've heard them at this point, or you will hear them. And it's like, you see the people who are holding this kind of energy. And it's like, I want to be around that more. I want to learn from this person. I want to share with this person. And there's not a vibe that's competitive or comparing at all, which again, that comes from that, like really having to do the work and separate that stuff out. Cause it's not like it's not there. And again, I just want to like remind everyone who's listening, we're talking about therapist people. So if you think the therapists are out there, all got their shit together, they don't like whoever wrote Ernesto, that ridiculous email was a therapist out there helping people. <laughs> You know, I think that's a really cool thing where it's like us as therapists, we're not out there telling clients, you know, you need to draw these boundaries. It's like, we're sitting here holding the mirror up for one another and saying like, Hey, you don't deserve to get spoken to like that. And if anyone's talking to you like that, you need to cut them loose because that's not the kind of energy that you need in your life. No, absolutely not. This is why, you know, people like you, I really appreciate because you promote this self-discovery, you promote humility, you promote a looking within model. And that's huge for me. Someone asked me, Ernesto, do you feel like you're self-aware? I would always say, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds cool. (laughs) We are so unique in that there's a mystery about us that we always have to do some self-discovery. When there are some people there who 
do a lot of trainings and they come off like they know who they are. I mm. worry about people like that because, you know, things will come up. I even had a colleague once that says, I don't need therapy. And okay, fine. But just that statement alone is concerning to me. Sure. There's a ton of arrogance there that is evident, right? And so when we surround ourselves with people, one, we have to really pay attention to what's going on within us, right? We have to take responsibility for that child within us is crying out that, hey, protect me from this person. That's not a safe person or mm -hmm. keep an eye out on that, you know, just be mindful about that because I know that your work really revolves around this kind of stuff, right? Being mindful, being centered, being aware, but sometimes awareness is so provoking that we run away from it and we avoid things. We don't want to sit with it, but that could give us a lot of information about how to protect our world and ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For good reason. That feeling, I mean, even you saying inner child, I'm again, a therapist. I'm like, Ugh. it's because it's hard. It's so vulnerable and it's so raw to be doing that. And so to sit with those feelings, it makes sense why we would distract or just like stay put in situations that are just when we're meant for so much more and stay put in situations that really hold us back or keep us feeling really down. One question I have for you. I always, when I'm interviewing these days, I think of clients that I have or that I've had before. And I think of their situations and what they might say when they're listening. And I think a question that comes up a lot in that regard is like, okay, number one, what do I need to look out for? You're talking a lot about the perspective of an entrepreneur. And it's like, whether you're speaking from that perspective, like this is the kind of work I want to do. What am I looking out for professionally in my workplace? But also personally, like in my life and in my family, those are places that it's much harder. I think it's really easy to get the language for anyone who's in therapy, like the language or in like AA or recovery, or there's many different ways of healing that are not just therapy. And so it's easy, I think, for people to have the language of like, I need to have a boundary, but I think that word gets overused. That's right. And so people don't actually know what that means. So this is a couple of questions in one, but it's like, what are the things to be looking out for when it's time to draw a line? And what are some examples of ways that you've done that? You've shared a couple of them, but the last one is like, what's in it for me? So you're talking about like you're asking everyone to do really hard work and you know what it's like to go through that of like, this is going to be really uncomfortable, right. but it's going to be worth it. What's the worth it part. So that was more questions than I anticipated putting out at once, but you know, <laughs> no, I love this question. Okay, here you go. Because many of your listeners here, they go by experience. When you are in a toxic relationship, toxic environment, sometimes you don't know. Because it's like that frog that is in mm. boiling water, but it doesn't know that it's in boiling Poor water guy. because it's always been when, in it just gradually. Yeah. And then he cooks to death. So here's my experiment with you. Try this. Have a beautiful art in front of you and just be mindful about it. Mm. Walk through the woods and just be mindful about how you feel when you're walking through the woods. Go for a swim at the beach. And feel the sand under your feet. Feel the water surround your body. Notice how you feel, right? When you're eating good food, notice how you feel 
and your experience when you're eating good food. Let me give an example. In all of my travels, I love to go to museums. Last week, I was in London and I visited the art museum there in the square. And there were art and painting that was like 16, 15 centuries old. I just stood there for 15 minutes looking at these beautiful art. And you know what I felt? I felt in awe. I felt inspired. I was like, questioning how can a human being create such beautiful detailed art using oil painting or some form of painting techniques that was just innovative in that time. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, I went to Florence and I viewed Michelangelo's The David. And for those of you who have ever been in, in front of The David, there's no words to explain the beauty of it. Another example was when I did communion at the Vatican in Rome, where St. Peter, his tomb was below me and a beautiful mural of Christ on top of me. And I just stood there going, oh, my goodness. Yeah. All of these experiences have given and reminded my body, my mind and my soul of what is good and what is not toxic. So anytime I'm around toxic people, guess what's warns me? All of the things that I've experienced that is good and connecting Oof. with my soul, right? Then anytime I'm around people who are like toxic or of the environment that's around toxic. I'm like, oh, this is toxic because I've already stepped into greatness and honest. Yeah. Right. So when you are in doubt, first remind your body how it feels to be around inspiring people, being around places that's inspiring and hopeful and good because you will know what it feels like to be around toxicity and toxic relationship. And you know what's going to happen? Your body is going to make a decision right there and then whether you like it or not. Hmm. <laughs> that's why it goes people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So strategies. So we know I really love that. Like awe is something also on the Brene Brown shout out to Brene Brown. Cause that, that series and the book is really, really freaking good. She's talking about awe and how we distinguish awe from wonder because awe is it's hard to put words to. We just want to be in it and stay in it where wonder starts to pull over to wanting to learn more about it and be curious. And so an awe is a big part of trauma recovery really, I just feel like it doesn't get talked about a ton in our everyday lives, but even in therapy, you know, I don't naturally find myself saying like, Hey, you know, when's the last time you felt the feeling of awe, but that's super important. And so by seeking experiences that bring up that feeling and are inspiring to you and make you feel smaller, like in the grand scheme of the bigger universe and connection yes. by feeling that and remembering, because it may have been years since you felt it, you might be in the boiling water for so long that you have no idea that you are really starting to burn up and to cook and there's not much left. And so by putting yourself in those experiences, you start to remember what it's like. You start to really reset your nervous system. And then you've kind of done some deep cleaning on yourself and you've kind of wiped the slate clean. And then you go back into your life and you start to feel what's it feel like for that stuff to start to suck it out of you. So paying attention to like, for me, it's like my neck starts cramping up. Apparently my hands start cramping up now. 
you know, you might feel these physical sensations come up in your body where your body is like just trying to pull away from that energy. That's right. And sometimes you don't even have to try hard because your body does it for you. And here's a crazy thing. Isaac Newton says, energy attracts energy. So when you start being around people who are uplifting, very encouraging, very supportive, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start attracting people like that when you make a conscious effort to put boundaries on the other things, right? You start getting opportunities, speaking engagements, your revenue starts going up. You start exploring things like, I didn't know what to do with Italy. I just said, hey, come with me to Italy. Next thing you know, I've got 45 people who are interested and I can only take 22. (laughs) Okay, so update for everyone. Okay, it was a series of posts. It was like, you know what? Everyone's traveling and it's really inspiring. So he's watching his friends who are putting on these amazing retreats. He's like, you know what? You guys are really inspiring me. I think I'm going to plan something to Italy. So then by Saturday to Sunday, it's like, okay, well, I'm planning it. It's happening. But then the next post is like, okay, we need a bigger venue because we don't have enough room. (laughs) But I think that's a real testament to that. I hate to say this saying, but like your vibe attracts your tribe. Like you are a part of what is propelling that energy for people to go out to explore. Like, how was it before 2020? I'm like, I didn't know that people went to these summits in Hawaii. I'm like, well, this is a great idea. Why didn't I even know this was a thing? And now there's just all of these opportunities ever. And it's amazing. It's great. But like people are doing it more. Those people are taking risks. They put their trust in you, in each other. They go to another country. Like it's just all of this to me from the outside. It very much looked like your energy that's going out there is getting reciprocated and multiplied. And people want more of that. And the thing is, it just takes one person to give this unconscious permission to do it, right? Mm. And maybe in another podcast, we can talk about imposter syndrome. And that is one thing that I have been attacking all my life and being open about it because I hear people um, get paralyzed when they experience that. And that imposter syndrome, I hate to say this, but when you're doing big things, you will run into your imposter syndrome. That's just a given. Mm-hmm. And so I go out there and do all of these things. Mm-hmm. It looks chaotic. It looks ADHD. It looks highly risky, but I'm just wanting to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to bring people with me. I want to have wine with you in Tuscany. What the actual hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? I want to do that. I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. And when we're there, we're going to toast up. Yeah. I feel for everyone who's listening, these are for therapists and like practice owners. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, damn, now I want to go to Tuscany, go. It's okay. You don't have to wait for us to create something like you just go and do the thing. I want to wrap up with the what's in it for me. So for the people who are like hesitant, whatever position they're in, whether they are in a phase where they're making the jump, that's a really scary place, like to become an entrepreneur, to follow your dream, to take that leap. But also the people who are, that's not really what they're looking for, but they're struggling with putting those limits into place in their everyday life with their family, with their friends, you know, in other areas, like what's in it for them. And like, what's the first thing that they should start to do to take steps towards that? 
wow, here's what's in it for you, freedom. Freedom is huge. You are not meant to be in four walls. You just not. We are not meant to work back-to-back hours. We were not meant to do nine to five. If you do, that's not a bad thing, okay? Because we Mm -hmm. have to make some money. But what I'm saying is that what's in it for you is that self-respect, protecting your freedom, be free, travel, experience things. And really one of the things that you have to be aware of is that the feeling of fear, that's just it. It's just fear. And stepping outside of your comfort zone, getting to a place where, you know, you build the dream practice, you build a dream home, that personal lifestyle that you're looking for, that is all secondary. The primary thing you should be looking at is this freedom. It's freedom to be who you are, freedom to create, freedom to explore, and freedom from actually the thoughts that keeps you bound into your four walls, right? That's the worst thing. So that's what I believe is in it for you. Yeah. Awesome. What do you think is like the smallest step that someone can take to start putting these limits and boundaries into place? Yeah. Like I said, in my email this past weekend, many of you who may be listening have that thought, I got to separate this. I got to cut this relationship off. I got to make a shift in my career. I got to do this and I got to do that. Here's one way to do it. You may be thinking that there is an easier way to cut that off, but I'm here to tell you that whether it's messy, your voice stutter, you stutter, you feel like an idiot for doing it. Just so you know, you are not alone. Mm. Take that small step, no matter how messy or ugly it is, just do it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I want to like go take over the world right now. I feel so empowered. <laughs> like, yes, you do it and you do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story. And thank you so much for sharing your gifts with the world. You, I know are not so much actively practicing therapy anymore because you have all of these other things going on, but your impact is definitely still rippling out there into plenty of other therapists and even just people listening to this podcast who may have nothing to do with the profession of therapy, but are hearing this and taking this. So thank you for sharing your gifts. Where can therapists who want to go to Italy, Hawaii, Austin, Mexico, North pole, like, I don't know what's next. (laughs) Where can people find you and get more information, sign up for your emails. That's awesome. You know, you can friend me on Facebook. Cool. I'm very active on Facebook and Instagram and also on my website, cavacademy.com. You can find me there, but I'm all over social media. So you can definitely find me there and connect with me. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, Ernesto, because we'll probably continue to talk about some of these things. Thank you so much again for coming on and I'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That's today's episode, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Tea Talk. I hope that your cup of tea is full today and that you were able to pull something out of this for yourself. If you know someone that needs to hear this episode, please send it their way. And let me know what you're thinking by sending me a message on Instagram. I love hearing from you all. And make sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave me a review and a rating. It would mean so much. All right, friends, take good care and I will see you next time.